Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Jerome Myers on the line. Jerome, how are you? Amazing. How are you, my friend? I am great. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So share with the audience a little bit about you and some of this incredible work that you're doing. Yeah, man. So I'm a corporate America dropout. I was fortunate enough to build a fortune or build a division for Fortune 550. We did about $20 million in revenue that first year. Uh, went from employee number two, which was me, to about 175 employees. The reward for that was laying folks off. And I didn't enjoy it, of course. And I promised myself that I'd never do it again. And the following year, I was doing the exact same thing. And so I became a corporate America dropout, left and started running a real estate company that we created. And today we buy apartments, teach other people how to do the same, and then do some leadership development for business owners. That's amazing work, and I'm a corporate dropout too. So um, I definitely know the feel for that and being part of those organizations that had rapid growth. And then all of a sudden, the office manager is bringing you into another room saying that, you know, they're, you're, they're not letting me go. I figured, okay, I'm getting let go, but no, you know, they're letting go, you know, one of your best friends that works right next to you. And they don't want you to go you know, ballistic in the office. So they kind of sequestered me while that was going on and then went back to my office and looked over at the other desk and knew that uh, he wasn't going to be there anymore. And it was like, yeah, needless to say, my productivity that day was not any good. Uh, but yeah, we've all been part of that. So so what made you launch into um, the apartment situation? And of course, housing and people being able to make money off of real estate is you know, one of the you know, best investments out there, in my opinion. Uh, so you know, what got you into, into that field? Yeah. So when I was in college, I was doing what all good engineering students do in their free time. I was doing math with my buddy, Deron. We're sitting on the stoop and I realized that I was paying three ninety five, and I had two roommates doing the same thing downstairs. He was absolutely executing on the same strategy. When we multiplied it out around the complex, the guy was making 700 grand a year. We never saw him. We never talked to him. Like, man, this is an amazing way to actually live a lifestyle. Maybe we don't need 700. Maybe we just need 70. So how could we do that? The issue was we didn't know anybody who had done it before, right? We, like I said, never saw the guy. So we didn't know how to get from where we were to that new place that we wanted to be. So put the dream on the shelf, finished school, went and got a job and followed the American dream only to find out that that was the ladder on the wrong building for me. So when I decided that I was going to leave corporate, I went and grabbed that dream off the shelf and said, it's time to make this a reality now, thinking that I had made progress to getting closer to actually being able to do something like that. When I left, I figured out that I was in not much of a different place than I was before I left school because I still didn't know anybody that was doing it. Yeah, it's a tough industry to get into if you're not really sure, you know, who the players are and how to actually get into it. You, you see, you know, like you said, well, like in your situation, the landlord, you're like, I don't know who he is. You know, I've never seen him. You know, all, all I know is I pay him every month. Uh, but, you know, I when I rented an apartment years and years ago, you know, that, uh, 
you know, that particular landlord, it was, a, he owned, it was one small building. He wasn't a uh, you know, big scale by any stretch. And it was only, I think there was 12 apartments in that building. Um, so, you know, decent income, but, you know, obviously he didn't show up, you know, driving a Bentley or anything like that. Now he may have had a thousand properties that I didn't know about. And he just drove that truck around because it was a maintenance truck. I'm not sure, but uh, end of the day, you know, I could tell, you know, that, you know, he enjoyed the work. He enjoyed doing it. So I think in his particular situation, you know, he was handy with, you know, being able to fix things and repair things and he enjoyed doing that. But he also like, well, I can make a lot more than just doing, you know, little odd jobs here and there as a maintenance person. I can actually do maintenance on a building that I own and and make a ton of money uh, doing that as well. Yeah, without question, it, it provides an amazing lifestyle, right? You've figured out how to decouple your time from money. And that in and of itself is super exciting for the vast majority of the people who are trying to find freedom, right? I think we all want to opportunity to make money while we're asleep or not working. And so real estate is one of those subscription models that can't be uh, exported, right? You, you can't move that offshore. People need a place to live if they're going to be in the United States. And we're going into a space where, you know, millennials and baby boomers are converging on something that they don't own that is maintenance free and they don't actually want to be responsible for the things that come with ownership. And so for those people who are willing to take that risk, it's a really great opportunity for them to get in and have a big impact both on the space that people live in, but also on their financial position, right? Because they're going to be making money by providing access to a place to live. And it's a perfect opportunity for the next, I would say, three or four decades because the baby boomers are obviously you know, well into their retirement or approaching you know the retirement age of, you know, for the younger ones. And the other ones are, are well in that retirement time frame. And yeah, they don't want to be dealing with leaky roofs and, you know, okay, this or that or things broken because they're if they've been doing that their whole life and they're like, no, I just want to live somewhere that's, you know, decent, accessible, and you know, gives me everything that I need without the headaches of all of that. And that's a large population. Then you go to the millennial generation, extremely large population. And they're of the opinion as well of, I don't, you know, from a combination of maybe they can't afford to own their own home or they realize I'd much rather have my income go towards other things and have something that I don't have to spend time worrying about because they're typically out and about doing things anyway. So they don't, they don't have the necessarily the footprint of staying home all the time, excluding the pandemic, of course, which that's going to change the rules on all of us a little bit. Um, you know, I, and I, and I get it. And I always, I feel for people that, especially in, you know, small apartment areas like Manhattan and other big cities where, you know, people, you know, rent a really tiny place because they're never home. They don't cook at home. They always go out and they do things and that's, that's their lifestyle and it works for them. Well, with this pandemic that kind of got thrown out the door. So uh, for a lot of them. And so they're like, okay, wait a minute. It's like, wow, this place is small. So that's why mortgage brokers are burning out because they've been filling out paperwork for 16 hour days from weeks and months on end. So, but again, it's a huge population. So as an investor and you're looking at, okay, property and building or acquiring apartment complexes, um, it's, 
it's a great investment because there's going to be plenty of people that are going to want to live in those properties for the next two, three, four decades for sure. Without question. And I, I don't know that the trend will change as we go into more of a sharing economy where people don't own cars, they don't own the place they live. I just think those who are actually willing to provide that service are going to be well positioned. I, I really do. It makes sense. And I think, again, you know, the home ownership component, and I've owned property and I've rented. And there's something about not having to worry about, okay, if, if there's something wrong with an appliance or roof or foundation or all kinds of other things that can go on if you're in a home or even in a, you know, a condo building or an apartment complex, all those things you don't have to worry about. You know, the inside stuff, you know, you can have your typical maintenance and things like that, but the expensive things that could happen you know, most people, you know, don't have necessarily the money in the bank to cover those types of things, or, you know, would have to go into debt in order to deal with them. When you're renting, that's not your concern. And as a property owner, you can do the proper investments and making sure everything's good. And you don't have to spend a ton of time worrying about, okay, I'm going to have to do this, or you budget accordingly. Say, okay, I know that in our apartment building, that you know, we're going to have to do some roof repairs probably in the next 10 years. Well, as the land or the, the you know, owner of the building, you factor that in and you go, all right, well, you, you squirrel the money away or you do some investing or you, you take out a short-term loan to get it fixed ahead of time. Um, and then it just makes it easier. And of course, you know, rents do increase. You know, Obviously, some places have stronger rent controls than others, but you know, the income is going to go up a bit and with supply and demand and everything like that. And you're going to do quite well with it. You know, it's, um, and even if you buy an older building, well, invest the money into it to fix all the things that could typically break uh, that would be expensive. Then again, your, your repair costs tend to be a little bit lower and you have a, a nice surplus at the end of every year, which believe me, that's a nice thing to find. Yeah, it's always better to be on the surplus side when it comes to money than on the deficit, for sure. So, since you've entered this, and you, you know, of course, when you first entered it, you didn't really know enough, and I'm sure had some difficulty finding out. How did you go about finding out how to you know, own apartment complexes and 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 make the money that you make and do the things you do? Well, you know, what were some of the things you did? The absolute wrong way, Michael. I did it through the School of Hard Knocks, listening to podcasts, reading books, watching YouTube videos, and it's the most inefficient and ineffective way to do it. And I can say that because I actually went through the process and I look at some of my com counterparts, comrades in the industry and see the ones who actually went through programs or some type of mentorship and where their businesses went to and how quickly they went to where they went to versus me trying to figure out on my own using all free resources. So, but that's what I did. I, I read books, I watch YouTube videos and I listen to podcasts and it got me to a certain level. And then I realized, well, I may have built this as big as I could build it. So then you, did you find mentors or other people in the industry to, to pick their brain and go, okay, how did you get to the next level? How did you get to be able to acquire more properties and how do you keep your cost you know, in check and all of that? 
Yeah. So from there, we started, <laughs> it's crazy because we started educating, right? We started teaching people what we learned on our journey because it took us so long and we had to go so deep. And we realized that we listened to, I think, every thought leader in the space at the time. And they were all, they all had different angles. And so we were able to craft our own perspective based on all these different opinions, right? Think about it like a literature review if you do a graduate study paper, right? It's we're, we're going through all the resources, putting them together, and we think this is the extension on those things that have been done. And so then I started participating in conferences, uh, speaking at masterminds and participating in masterminds. And those things were what took me to the next level because it grew my network. And then I started being guests on podcasts and it connected me with other folks because the people who were hosting the podcast were also investors. And so I think every investor is working on four things, knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. And I think they need to solve for those in that order, knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. And so once you actually understand the business, you need to find deals, right? If you can't do a transaction, you're not going to grow your portfolio and you're not going to make more money. In order to close the deal, you're going to need experience in order to get the capital to come into the deal. Multifamily is different from single family in a standpoint that you actually have to operate it. And so any capital that's going to go into those deals with you is going to look for somebody with experience. The more experienced operators I was surrounded by, the bigger my opportunity. And so while you may only be able to do a deal that's, let's call it $200,000, because that's what you and your small circle can do. I also know people who can do deals that are $50 million, right? And not call a bunch of people, just one or two people do that deal. And so when that type of network and those doors start opening for me, then it expanded my capacity to go do other things because I was networked with those folks. I figured it was probably that path where a lot of us will just start off, we'll do the research, we'll watch a billion YouTube videos and listen and try to, you know, hopefully get it by osmosis. But then ultimately we start going to conferences and where our peers are and we learn from our peers and you you tend, you know, speaking, you know, obviously you I love how you approach it. We're saying, okay, we want to educate people on how to do this with what we know. And then in turn, you were getting educated on things to help you grow, which of course you've passed on to the people that uh, you know, subscribe to your services and learn how to acquire properties themselves based on your learning. So you're educating and you're, you're not only the people, but yourself. And when you did that, obviously that's when I'm sure you started to see some exponential growth of, of what you're doing and, and really starting going, okay, now we've hit the stride. And I'm sure you look back at it, you know, even way back when you put the shelf or put the item on the shelf in the first time compared to now and you go, wow, what a journey this has been. Oh my goodness. And when I think about the person I had to become in order to do this stuff, it's even more shocking, right? And so what I will say is when you do when you do the education piece, you find out what you really learn and you learn it even better because you have to explain it to somebody else. And so the level of clarity that it takes, the level of um, the depth of understanding that you need in order to share it with somebody else is just a totally different level. And that for me is probably the most exciting part or piece of this because we're opening the door. When I think about going back to the stoop 
as you just brought back up, Duran and I didn't have anybody to go talk to, right? And we wanted to create a solution for little Duran and Jerome so that if they want to get access to the space, they do their Google search, they do their YouTube search, they find our stuff. And now they can find a community that they can join for $29 a month and totally change their network because there's people who are doing deals, there's people who want to do deals, and there's people who've done deals that can help them get to that next space. So that, and they're literally, you know, a Facebook connection away now. Or they can come to our conference, which is March 19th through the 21st of 2021, and meet with people who are operating at a super high level and people will be speaking who've done one deal or it's maybe four to six doors. And we've got one of my mentors come in who has a 2000 door portfolio that he owns with his dad. Right. And so just that wide spectrum of people who may be worth, I don't know, $200,000 to people who are worth over $200 million all being in one place where folks can connect and get to learn about their experience, how they got to where they are, and kind of the roadblocks and hurdles to speed up the process because, you know, getting the knowledge and getting the network are the two things that are going to change your business dramatically. Yeah. And it's great that you have a platform like that, that can create the opportunity for people to learn from those that have gone from, you know, a 10 door place to a 2000 door place. And, you know, you see, you know, all kinds of different stories where, you know, there's all kinds of different, you know, building owners, which could be, you know, big, you know, multi-millionaires to uh, a dad and son type of arrangement, which they're doing quite well, I'm sure too. And, uh, and, and everybody can find, it's like, okay, this is kind of where I think I fit right now. But going back to what you said a few minutes ago that I think is important for people to understand is you realized when once you started learning more about the industry and what it needed to take, it also involved some personal growth. It wasn't just a case of, okay, I've learned this knowledge and now I can do this. No, you had to personally grow in, into something bigger than you were before. And a lot of new entrepreneurs don't necessarily think about that when they launch into a venture or whatever they happen to be in is the personal growth that happens um, is something that quite frankly is in my opinion even just thinking about myself and you know what i've been able to accomplish in my life and my career you know looking back to those college days and going i don't even recognize that guy well first he had hair so secondly it's like I never imagined, you know, thinking back then that I would be doing what I do today. That wasn't on the radar. It wasn't in the plans. Never thought about it. Didn't even consider it. A lot of things I do, I didn't even know about or existed. So it, the the growth aspect of it is something that you don't want to diminish when you are launching into whatever initiatives or endeavors or businesses that you want to accomplish. Yeah, without question. And if you're not ready to grow, then this isn't for you because you have to become a new person. And if you're not becoming a new person, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to cap the leadership. You're going to cap the growth of your, your company, right? The leadership of the company determines how big the company can grow. 
And so who you are right now as a solopreneur or a person with two or three employees is not the same person that you're going to need to be to have a company that's doing millions and millions of dollars in revenue if that's what you aspire to have. Yeah, that's a big, big lesson for many people to learn is what got you, the phrase, what got you here won't get you there is, is, is so poignant and true. It's you know, what got me here won't get me to where I want to go. What do I need to do to get there? And I have to grow. You know, I have to get shape myself. I have to, you know, find peers and mentors that are in similar type things that are ahead of me a bit and, and seek their guidance. Okay, what did you do? Where did you stub your toe? Okay, so I won't stub my toe there. I know I'm going to stub my toe somewhere, but you know, at least I'll, I can avoid that one um, because everybody kind of stumbles along and through it because we're doing things that we've never done before. So they're not familiar to us. So we can use past knowledge to be able to navigate through some things, but a lot of the new things that we do are new. You know, so you have to understand that, okay, I'm going to have to learn about this and what do I need to do personally to make sure that I take this knowledge that I've gained, apply it to what I'm doing so I can grow my investments, myself, everything involved. And then that's when you can go from a 10-door apartment complex to maybe buying a second one or get a larger one. Or the next thing you know, you, you, you've grown to this you know, you know, eight, nine-figure type of situation going, wow. I remember when I bought this little cheesy apartment complex, you know, in Piatone, Illinois or wherever. And the next thing you know, you know, here we are. It's like, wow, you know, I got a, a ton of property in Chicago and Indiana and all this other places, you know, and I'm just saying, I'm figuratively speaking, I don't know. To my knowledge, I don't own any property in those states, but who knows? If I, I don't remember signing anything. That was back then. That was, that was way too many Guinnesses ago. So who knows? Maybe I haven't got any bills for them yet. So I'm guessing I don't. But it, again, it, it boils down to just, you know, continue growth and looking ahead, you know, obviously take time to cherish what you've accomplished. Don't diminish that. But, you know, take those learnings and lessons and continue to grow. Absolutely. The growth is the word of the day. Anybody who's looking to expand and deepen their leadership, growth is the answer. I love this conversation, Jerome. Where can people find out more about you, this upcoming conference that you've got coming up, and anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, so the conference is huge, and it's crazy because everybody who waits, they pay a little bit more than the person who took action today. And so we raise the price of the tickets $1 each day to give you incentive to take action now because we know people like to put things off till the very last minute. But if you know that this is what you're looking for, then you should take action. So the website for conferences is MyersMethods.com forward slash C-O-N 2021. And there you can see the lineup of speakers, just 25 plus of my multifamily investing friends who are coming in to share their stories. There is no pitch on the backside. You make your contribution or your investment to get access to the room as well as the people in the room. And from there, you can go off and do the things you need to do. And then on social, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I hang out in the halls there every day and we can connect and build a relationship there. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So, Jerome, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate you and continued success and, and great wealth in all of your endeavors. Thanks, Michael. We'll talk soon. 
Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.